The Sabres lose Matias Samuelson for the rest of the season. How did the season go, and do we have to start worrying about this contract above all others? That's coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Not a fun show to be doing on the Monday out of the All-Star break. And a big reason why is the Sabres, despite the fact that they haven't played games in over a week, still ended up losing something in defenseman Matthias Samuelson. Important questions to be asked about Sammy Squares, who, hey, we had that pool. And if you did participate, if you're a listener that took part in that pool, we're going to be donating the entire pot to charity as there will be no second winner as one goal is all we got from Samuelson's season. But we'll go through what the season looked like and whether we have to start to wonder about the contract being a problem for Matias Samuelson. We will also get into a mailbag edition of today's show. So all of that is coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. If you want to become a sortie, go ahead into our group chat and sign up at joinsubtext.com slash Sabres. That's the only time you have to ever go to the internet for our group chat is just to sign up there. And then from there on, everything is through your phone like a normal text line. If you used to participate in the WGR text lines back in the day, uh, pretty much shooting for the same thing. And we'll be running through it uh, come tomorrow night when the Sabres play the Dallas Stars at home. That's what's next up on tap for the Sabres in terms of their schedule. But uh, Samuelson is the big loss. And before I get into him specifically, I do want to point out that he's a part of an overall thought that I've had on the blue line, which is I don't really think anybody has overachieved on the Sabres blue line this year, save for one guy. And that's got to be Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson was not even expected to be in the NHL this year. It was expected to be a Rochester season. And not only has he played a lot of minutes in the NHL this year, but he's also been really good. I think his role should even be higher than it's been. And that might now happen, might now happen because of Samuelson being out. Although I say that, And what did Don Granato have at practice on Monday afternoon? He had Jacob Bryson in the top four with Owen Power, and he had three defensemen sharing a spot on the third pair between Eric Johnson, Ryan Johnson, and Connor Clifton. Now, what Granato said is that going forward, they're going to try seven defensemen. Back to this nonsense, which not my favorite, but... They don't want to call up Isaac Roseanne. They don't want to call up Yuri Kulik. They want to keep those guys developing, I guess, in Rochester. I'm at a point now where I guess, fine, whatever. The season's over anyway. Let them cook down there. But I would have called them up. I would have called Kulik up if you were uh, asking my opinion specifically uh, with all of the uh, the roster maneuvering, especially now seven defensemen and Samuelson's not one of them. Jacob Bryson has got to be in the lineup. 
not my favorite uh, at all. So Samuelson's injury, we don't really know what it was. That's, you know, they, they'll play coy whenever they have the opportunity to not tell you what an injury is. And this is one of those times where we don't specifically know what he is having a procedure on. We know it's an upper body injury um, and that he's going to have surgery, but we don't know what it is. I mean, you have to assume, I mean, it's surgery. It, I mean, it could be anything. It could be the shoulder. It could be the wrist. It could be a forearm. It could be the neck. I feel like if it was the neck, we would find out because of how severe that would be or how serious that would be. But I don't know. We don't want to be, nobody knows with the NHL these days and injuries like that. So they don't get Samuelson the rest of the way. And that is becoming a big part of his game. Is or A big part of his story, I should say, is the injuries. And it's hard to not look that direction when this year he plays exactly half a season, 41 games out of 82. Last year he played 55 games. You missed 37 games out of 82. The year before that, he played 42 games. Now, he played a little bit in Rochester that year. Uh, Actually, scratch that. No, he didn't. Sorry, I was one year off. So, Missed 41 games this He's going to miss 41 games this year. He missed 37 games the year before that. He missed 39 games the year before that. And in his first season, that was the one where he played 12 in Buffalo and um, played 23 in Rochester. Even there, I mean, between the AHL and the NHL, you might expect, well, if you played 12 games in Buffalo, uh, you got a little bit more than that, right? But nope, 35 games was all he got. And now you're looking at it. And if I include, Rochester, 173 games of pro hockey experience in four seasons. Four seasons. I mean, we are talking like 320 available games for him to be played. Not quite to that extent because of the first year was a little bit of a COVID shortage. shortage, But he's playing like half the games, a little over half the games that he could be playing. And that's not good. He's a big body, six foot four, 230 pounds. He likes to block shots. You know, he's a, he's a big, he's a physical penalty killer. He try he plays a semi-physical style. He's not Scott Stevens, you know, trying to run people down, but he plays a physical style. He's banging bodies out there a lot um, and he gets injured. So I I'd say, well, the guy's got to change his style or else he's not going to ever be able to stay healthy. But uh, what what's he going to do? He's not a puck mover. He's not a great skater. Uh, He's not a scorer. Like, there's nothing else he can do. His value comes in that physical style of defensive defenseman hockey. Uh, He doesn't, he can't do anything else and be an NHL player. So, you kind of have to just keep playing him the way he's been playing. Maybe they think, okay, well, well, let's at least restrict his minutes a little bit rather than playing him over 20 minutes a night, which has happened each of the last three seasons. Last year, it was over 22 minutes a night. Maybe just to keep him healthy, we have to make him more of like an 18-minute-a-night defenseman. And I think his play maybe even warrants that. I think his play does warrant that, a little bit of a reduction in minutes. I don't think he's been terrible, but if he played 18, 19 minutes and somebody else was capable of playing above him on the top pair, um, I think that probably would be a good place to end up. That would mean the Sabres blue line got better. In the last month, I've done two 
trade shows on this podcast that you can go back and find in the feed wherever you're listening or watching. You can watch on YouTube. And I did a show on Rasmus Anderson, who right now, if the Sabres acquired him from Calgary, would play above Matias Samuelson in the lineup. And David Juracek I did a show on last week out of Columbus, top prospect. By the way, he's not even like a super offensive defenseman. He scored a hat trick in Cleveland in the AHL during this off week. So that dude is showing I'm, I need to be in the NHL pronto. And I don't know. He's certainly got the potential to play above Matias Samuelson and to even do it at some point soon. So there's moves to be had out there that could be the right type of fit for guy that either would or would project to play above Samuelson in the lineup. You knock him down to the second pair. You play him a few less minutes, and you hope that helps keep him healthy. I don't know what else you do. That's the only thing you can do other than cross your fingers and assume that he's just got and hope that he's just gotten unlucky in the past couple of years. What does it mean, though, for the story of his contract? Do we have a problem? Do we have a our first anchor on the Sabres cap since Jason Bottrell was the general manager? Because Kevin Adams has avoided those big anchor contracts. We have to ask the question if Matias Samuelson is about to become an anchor. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are presented here on the show by Sleeper. It's past the halfway point of the season. It's not going well. Ten points out. But that's okay. Remind you, you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper, a number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. we got a game tomorrow night against Dallas. Check out some of the top players in Buffalo's lineup. Tage, Tuck, Skinner, many others. Check out all the players. And check out the options for stats will and whether they'll record more or less than their sleeper projections, goals, assists, shots, saves, plus, minus, or more in a given game. And to win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You're going to get to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. When you're done with us, check out Lockdown Sports today. First ever 24-7 streaming channel for national sports on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today here for your 24-7 through this week leading up to the big game. Covering the top stories of sports, go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Matias Samuelson out for the rest of the 2023-24 season. And if you look at the season that he just had, he did see an improvement in his defensive numbers in his own end. And to my eyes, I thought he was fine, solid, in terms of his play in the defensive zone. If you look at some of the chart stats that do it by percentile, in the past, he's been right around 70 percentile in the defensive zone. And this year, he was at the 80th percentile league-wide, including being a great penalty killer, getting a lot better 
um, in certain defensive areas and was a very good penalty killer. Now, where he saw a downgrade, if you could believe it, this already was not a strength of his game. He went from an average transition defenseman in the neutral zone, getting the pass up to his forwards, sometimes carrying it if he had to, although carrying it, I guess he was a little, he was okay this year to my eyes. But his transition game through the neutral zone went way down. He went from an average transition defenseman to a bad, straight-out bad transition defenseman. And even his play in the offensive zone, whether it's how many passes he connected on, whether it's maybe straight-up points, whether it is you know getting pucks to the net, because it's the one thing he really could do in the offensive zone was just try to get a wrist shot through to the net. All of that has gone down. Um, so not impressed in terms of the overall game this year versus last year. It's not too different, but I think what we were hoping for was some more progression, right? He was 22 years old last year. He still hadn't played a full season in the NHL. And I think I was hoping, all right, well, there's still, there's a little bit more here, right? I mean, there's not going to be a super high ceiling, but give me a little bit more become that shutdown defenseman on a night to night basis. The consistency is something that really had been lacking for Samuelson. So you have him, if I'm being kind, I'm going to say plateauing. But in reality, it's really more like regression for him as much as all these other guys have regressed. He has too. And on top of it, I got another injury. I've got another major injury that's going to keep him out and he'll miss half the season. A guy that they paid a seven-year deal for... $4.285 million per year. Matias Samuelson is under contract until 2030. He's here for the long haul. And you know what? I'm not even going to call him a miss yet on this contract. But rule of thumb, rule of odds, you sign enough guys early, like they did with Tage, like they did with Cousins, like they did with uh, Power, like they did with Samuelson. You're going to have a miss. You're going to have a miss or two. And this is not looking good. This is not looking good because if he can't stay healthy, big problem. Very big problem. Because that's a that's a nice little chunk of your, of your blue line's cap that you are investing in him to be a top four defenseman on a year-to-year basis, on a game-to-game basis, a week-to-week basis. You can't go half the year without him. That's not going to work. So I don't know what you do about it. I mean. I don't think anybody's going to want to take that contract. I threw him in as an idea for Calgary before he got injured. I could have thrown him in as an idea for Columbus teams that would like to acquire a player on term because they historically have problems getting guys to sign. But why would they want Samuelson at $4.25 million, 4.28? They're going to sign up for seven years of this guy when they don't know how healthy he's going to be that entire time. So it doesn't look like a good contract. In fact, I'd say right now, it's the worst contract on their books. Now, I think somebody's out there to, to argue that power is the worst contract on their books because of the added cap. It. I mean, power's cap it is double of what Samuelson's is. But I am still entrusting power's talent. First overall pick, the Victor Hedman comparisons, the better skating ability, better passing ability, better offensive instincts, younger by three years than Matias Samuelson. I'm going to trust that power will figure it out. Darlene had some, a sophomore slump and even a third year slump. 
it can take defensemen a couple of years. I'm not impressed by what I see by power at all. I don't want to be defending him too much here. But because of the talent level, I'm going to entrust that power is going to figure it out. Samuelson, this might be what he is. But as the player, like power could get 80% better as a player. He really could. He could he could get triple as good as he is right now. Samuelson might get a little bit better, but like 10% better, 15% better. It's not going to be a lot. This is about what he is. And if I add injuries on top of that, this is the worst contract they have. Skinner, at the very least, only has three more years after this season. I know it's $9 million, And Skinner produces. You know, he might not produce at a $9 million rate, but he produces. The Samuelson contract, as long as he continues to get injured and doesn't provide them consistent top pair production or even second pair production, uh, he's the worst contract that they have on their books at this point in time, if you uh, if you ask me. So I don't hate the player. I am hoping he'll get back healthy for them next year. Um, and to be fair to him, a lot of the blue line has stunk this year. Darlene's had a down year. Clifton's had a down year. Johnson has been shot all year, if you ask me. Uh, Jacob Bryson's even been worse, if, if you could believe that. Uh, who else? I think Yoki Haru maybe has gotten a little bit better. Power's gotten worse from last year. Everybody in the blue line's kind of gotten worse. Kind of amazing, right? That they've actually given up fewer goals. Goaltending is the reason that's been happening, by the way. Um, Blue line hasn't been producing. Samuelson's a part of that. Got to get better in the future uh, if he's going to be a part of this core for the long term. And they're not going to try to cap dump him or something at some point. I don't even know. So that's it on Samuelson. We'll uh, see him in October. Right, and we'll fire Sammy Squares back up for next season. We're going to be donating that whole thing to charity. We are figuring out how would which don't charity we're going to donate that to still. So, if you're interested in where we're going to send that money, uh, keep it locked to this podcast. And also, I'll, I'll show everybody on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports when we end up doing that uh, sometime soon here. Uh, time out here when we come back, mailbag. I asked for some questions on Friday. I got overzealous. I got excited about the Olympic announcement. So we're going to dive into your questions from the weekend uh, on the Sabres as they return to action on Tuesday. Coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast, we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make Super Bowl, happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch for prime position for those commercials, halftime show, the snack table, Placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or a couple of W's. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more, including over-unders, prop bets, and more. New customers, join today. You're going to get up to $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel official sports book partner of the National Football League final segment back here on the locked on Sabres podcast it is time to look through the mailbag as we go to our text line if you want to jump in join subtext.com slash locked on Sabres sign up today I think the most fun we have is usually during games I send practice updates in terms of line combinations and power play updates before anybody else gets them scoops that I have once in a while I always like to throw in there as well and when we do mailbags you can get your questions uh, through uh, quicker uh, if you want to do it there let's start with our text number one from the weekend 
do you think the exposure to losing and fan dis- dissatisfaction is going to have a long-term effect on the growth of the young players? This is a thought I wonder a lot. And a lot of it is because all these young players that have cycled through here and have been called out for their compete level or something go to other places and they're just fine. Reinhardt. Tremendous in Florida. Eichel won the cup. O'Reilly won the cup. Leonard was a Vesna finalist. Evander Keynes won like seven playoff series since he left Buffalo. There's, I, I hope this isn't true, and I hope it's just something you think about when times aren't going well, but I wonder if there is just a dark... Actually, Leonard said this once upon a time. There's a dark cloud in that arena, and it brings everybody down. It's the logo on the jersey. It's the colors. It's the the fan atmosphere, which is not on the fans. I mean, they they have no they have no reason to be cheering loudly and make, creating a giant atmosphere. I think maybe it does wear on players a little bit. It kind of to to borrow from another former saber, O'Reilly. It can suck the life out of the game for you. I worry that that happens because of just the team, and then you know the drought, right? Like. It was. It's a snowball effect. It just keeps growing and growing and growing until it's it's so big and going so fast downhill that you can't stop it. And I really hope that's not true and that I'm just making something, you know, I'm just trying to explain away all this misery. But I worry about that. I worry that this, this whole aura of the Buffalo Sabres gets the worst out of people. And that Casey Middlestat, they look pretty nice player, right? I worry that he would go to another team and become a 70, 80 point player. I worry that, oh, Tage Thompson, you know, oh, now he's going to be a, a 25, 30 goal guy and he's, you know, going to be falling all over the place. And then he's going to leave and he's going to go score 50. Again, these are pretty dark and depressing uh, types of uh, subject matter. Uh, next question Say they miss the playoffs this year, which is going to happen. Do you think Adams caves and makes a massive move under the pressure of the fans and possibly ownership? I do not think this. I wish he would. I do not think this. Part of the reason is, hasn't happened yet. I haven't seen it. I don't have proof. I don't have any proof of concept that this GM can go out and make a trade like that. I think he should be trying to, but when it's time to pull the trigger on a big deal like that, and you got to outbid the opponent and probably out, you got to, you got to overpay a lot, right? That's the, that's the, that's the benefit of having more assets than everybody else is, when they pay market value, you can bid them up a dollar. But they're not just going to give – and they know you have more assets. You're going to have to outbid teams. I don't trust that Adams can outbid teams. Until I see it happen, I don't won't believe that there will be a major trade. And this kind of goes along with another comment, another question that I had in the text line. Do we think Adams' plan is still to build entirely from within? I unfortunately do. I think Adams thinks I don't have to make a big trade. This is still the youngest team in hockey. Uh, it's not a great season. It's not fun. It's not meeting our expectation. But I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to panic. We're still the youngest team in hockey. Paterka's 22. Power is 20. Thompson's our oldest player at 25. I worry that Adams is going to think the internal competition, internal growth is going to be what drives them. Hope I hope that works. I just, I don't see it. I think 
it's going to take too long and players will age out and you'll miss on some. And then at the end of the day, you'll have missed opportunities on trades and free agents that really could help you put over the, put you over the top. Uh, a good question though, from both of those guys, I talked about Lindy rough last week and then some, I got a couple textures about Lindy. So I want to get one in on that. Um, instead of Lindy rough being coach, Make him GM and get rid of Adams would avoid another embarrassment. If Lindy doesn't perform good. And if Granado gets fired, go after Woodcroft. Uh, he is able to Edmonton playoff multiple years. Okay. So one, I don't really have any opinion of Jay Woodcroft. He's just kind of a guy to me. Um, fine. I would much prefer him over Seth Appert or Matt Ellis. I could tell you that much. Um, and you're right. He only got fired this year because the goaltending stunk. And then he left and the goaltending got good. It Knobloch in Edmonton is not actually to me that much better of a coach. He's just getting better goaltending. Um, Lindy as a GM. Lindy once said while he was Sabres coach that in the future, he'd like to be a general manager. He wants to try that before his hockey career is over. And he can only do that here. You know, if he had won more, if he had won a cup, if he had won some more playoff series, uh, I think maybe he would get a shot at it somewhere. But because he's been a little bit up and down since leaving Buffalo, I think the only place he would ever get that shot is here. And I don't think they're about to move on from Adams unless he gets bumped up to president of hockey operations. So, uh, okay, maybe. Lindy is the Sabres GM. I have no idea if he'd be good at it. But I respect Lindy Ruff a lot. I know he would give it his damnedest. And, uh, I mean, let's be fair. He was as qualified as Kevin Adams was when Adams got the job. And Adams has done an okay job. I think he needs to make a trade. Um, could Lindy do at least as good a job as Adams? I, I think so. Again, more of a track record for him working in hockey departments. And, I mean, he was in all those meetings with Darcy Regeer and all those trade deadlines being like the right-hand man in all of those personnel decisions, Darcy. So he's been in those, those meetings enough to, I think he could, he could do the job fine. Um, not that I'd be rushing him in there or need to make that happen. I, I love Lindy. I don't need to make it happen. Uh, one more. If Casey Middlestat's only asking for $5.8 million, I say you do it. And the texter was referencing AFP analytics, which is a hockey analytics site um, and sports site that estimated that Middlestat's worth about $5.8 million on a multi-year deal. Uh, $5.8 million. I would lean. Yes. Uh, I think you could do a little bit better than that. I would take that though over trading him for picks and prospects. If I can package middle stat with other stuff and get a better player, I would do that over paying him $5.8 million. But if it came down to, I trade middle stat for a first and a B level prospect, or I sign him for seven years, $5.8 million. I'd rather sign him. If you're asking me good questions. Thanks everybody for tuning in and, or for chiming in. And if you want to throw us a text question, we'll uh, try to answer it as many as we can on the show. All right. That's going to do it, though, for us today here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. We'll next talk Sabres and Stars, the first game back for the Sabres off the All-Star break. So that's coming up, and yeah, we're back at it. They're wearing black and red against Dallas. Let's get the Goatheads going again, right? What happened to the Goathead momentum? They were scoring seven goals every time they wore them. And then a couple bad games this year wearing them, and like all the magic is gone. We got to bring the black and red magic back when they played the Stars on Tuesday night. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Making us your first listen every day on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Talk to you tomorrow.